Hey everyone, and welcome to A Nurse to Champion Nurses. I'm your podcast host, Gentry. I'm a registered nurse, and I work in the intensive care unit. I have a passion for my fellow nurses, doctors, and anyone in the healthcare profession. Our jobs demand so much of us that burnout seems to be inevitable. In this podcast, I want to help us discover ourselves through personality development, faith, and healthy living so that we can decrease burnout, improve our work environments, and create healthier, happier medical professionals. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, overworked, exhausted, and on the brink of quitting, welcome. This is the place for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of Lies We Believe. Now this series that I'm doing um, does focus primarily on the singles, but there's definitely nuggets for the married people out there. You're going to walk away with something as well, so please stay tuned, bear with me. Um, Last week I talked about three particular lies. One is the lie of timing, two is that there's only one person out there for us, and three it pertains primarily to women, um, but the lies that the church fed to us that told us we weren't worthy of a spouse if we weren't a particular personality type, if we weren't mild and meek. And I want to open up by kind of revisiting the lies that women have believed from the church about themselves. And I do this not because I'm trying to be repetitive, but because I just finished watching a documentary on Amazon Prime called Shiny Happy People. This documentary is about the Duggar family from 19 and Counting on TLC. Um, and it's not strictly about them. It's actually about the cult that they raised their children in. A cult by, or originated from uh, Bill Gothard, who really pushed this concept of the Institute of Basic Life Principles. And... I did not realize until I was watching this documentary how much of Bill Gothard's teachings infiltrated the churches, especially the Southern churches. My pastors never mentioned his name. You know, they never said this comes from, but they took these little bits and pieces from Bill Gothard's teachings and sprinkled them in to their sermons and led us to believe that it was scriptural truth. I can't even describe my emotional roller coaster of watching this documentary and just recognizing why I believe what I believe. Where are these lies originated from? And you know, I don't have to know where a lie originates from. It's helpful, but I don't have to know it in order to redirect and realign my identity, right? But watching this was so freeing because I finally realized the origins. And let me tell you, there are some really, really messed up things about Bill Gothard's teachings. But one of the things that I know I'm not the only one who heard growing up was like this concept of authority and how a man is over his wife, like lords over her, right? There was this concept called the umbrella of protection. The children were under the wife and the husband. The wife was under the husband. The husband was under the pastor. Pastor was under God. Well, I heard that from the time I was really little. 
and it, this did not come from my parents. This came from my church specifically and other people in my family outside of my immediate family. And I heard growing up that if I stepped outside of this umbrella of protection from my parents or later my spouse, that I was walking outside of God's will for me and therefore bad things would happen or God wouldn't bless my marriage or I wouldn't have a good life because I stepped outside of that umbrella that God ordained. How messed up is that? Truly, it's mind-boggling. And I believed for the longest time that this was based on scripture. Now, I realize the concept of the umbrella is hyperbole. Um, Scripture doesn't mention an, an umbrella. But I thought it was based in and rooted in real scripture. You guys, it is not. I did a word search on protection. I did searching through like the the version Bible app and my study Bible. Nowhere, nowhere in scripture does it talk about a woman being under her husband. Now, people have taken the scripture, wives submit to your husbands, and they've taken that out of context. And there is another scripture that talks about how a man has a mantle of protection, but it's not the protection that we think. There's another scripture that talks about how God gave Adam a helper, which was Eve. But when you look at the word helper, that Christian society has deemed to be the lesser of the sexes, it has nothing to do with gender at all. In fact, it's more in reference to the way God sees Israel. So these three scriptures, I'm sure there's more that have been taken out of context, but those, those that I just referenced were the ones that were taken so wildly out of context that I genuinely believed that there was this protection from my spouse in a negative sense. I do think that God has blessed men with physicality to protect a woman. And my hope is, is that my spouse will be a prayer warrior with me, for me, for our children together. So I I receive his protection in that sense. But there's also protection that comes from the female as well. In fact, um, one of the pastors that I listen to, and I am currently very selective in the teachings that I listen to. Um, But one of the pastors, Joseph Prince, says, men, if your wife comes to you and you guys are in the middle of trying to make a decision, a really big decision, and she comes to you and says, I don't have a good feeling about this. Do not disregard that because that is the Holy Spirit anointing her with an element of protection. Women have this sixth sense that men just don't necessarily have. Not that they can't. The Holy Spirit can absolutely speak to them. I'm not saying that that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to men. But there is just that little voice that women, you get it. It's that gut feeling. And men don't typically operate from feeling, but rather from logic. So if it looks logical to a man and he thinks, hey, this looks great. But his wife comes to him and says, this doesn't feel right. 
Joseph Prince said, you take that, you listen to her because that is the Holy Spirit protecting you. So how amazing is it that both parties have an element of protection and those elements of protection might look different from each other as they should, but there's that protection one in the same and they're equal because that's how God intended it. Quick disclaimer, um, not every woman I recognize is a feeler and not every man is a thinker. I feel like that is the typical, but certainly not the always. So I do think that these roles can be reversed. I'm not putting women in a box or men in a box and saying, this is the only way they operate. So if you feel like you've been immersed in culture, a church culture in particular, that has led you to believe this lie or something really similar, I encourage you to watch this documentary. And when you have a question pop up of whether or not this is rooted in scripture, I encourage you to do a word study, figure out, is this rooted in scripture or is this complete BS? Um, I, I did that and I'm so thankful that I did because it has given me some freedom in understanding that this cult influenced church culture, especially in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Hopefully in watching it, you'll experience the same thing I did. Um, first, horror, and then a freedom in the recognition or the understanding of where some of these lies originated. So I don't know if my passion for this area, this subject has really come across. I mean, I should just do a whole lot better at presenting how passionate I am about it. Anyway, I'm going to move on to topic number two on my agenda for this episode. And this actually addresses my married people, my wonderful married friends. This is for you. As I said last week, whether you want to be or not, whether you signed up for it or not, you're a role model. If you're married, you are modeling marriage to those of us who are single. And rest assured, we are watching. And what you say, what you do really does matter. One of the things I often hear from my married friends, and maybe I shouldn't say often, but just Sometimes I hear this from married people and it just kind of gets me. It, it just sets the wrong tone. And it's the statement, the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, I think what they're trying to say is enjoy your singleness. And really just simply say that, enjoy your singleness, not in a derogatory way where you're speaking negatively about marriage, but just reminding us to enjoy being single. That's valid because we need to be sitting in some kind of contentment with our singleness because it is a beautiful part of our journey. And it does eventually end, at least for those of us who want to be married. So when I hear the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side, I kind of think to myself, really? That's how you want to address this? See, this phrase really frustrates me for two reasons. One, it implies that I, as a single person, have no concept that marriage is hard. When in actuality, I really do understand it. Now, I don't have practical experience. But don't discount my knowledge. Especially those of us who are in our 30s and 40s, we've seen marriages thrive. We've learned from them. We've gained wisdom from those individuals. 
And we've seen marriages fail epically, and we've learned from those mistakes. We see just how much effort you put into your marriage to make it successful. So while we haven't walked in your shoes, we do comprehend that it's really hard. Secondly, this statement is derogatory toward the institution of marriage, something that we as singles are really looking forward to, at least those of us who want to be married. Because here's the thing, there's something that you have that we don't, and that is a choice. You get to choose your spouse every day that you wake up next to them. I understand that there are situations in which you shouldn't choose that spouse for abusive purposes. If that's the case, please get out, find, find the resources you need to get help. Um, this is addressing those who are in a relatively healthy relationship. You have the privilege of choosing your spouse because love is not just a feeling. It encompasses some feelings, sure, but love is a choice. And you have this really beautiful privilege of waking up next to your spouse to choose them every single day, whether you want to or not. I am not telling you that it's easy or that I, you know, have this image in my head that it's an easy thing to do. It's not. Marriage is one of the hardest things I've watched people walk through. But what an amazing privilege because I, as a single person, do not currently have that ability to wake up and choose my spouse, to wake up and tell my husband, I love you. I choose you today. How can I better love you today? How can I serve you today? Not because I am a servant, but because I am called, man and woman are called to serve each other in a marriage. So how can I serve you today? That's not always an easy thing to do. And maybe you walk through seasons where it's the last thing you want to do. But when it is the last thing you want to do, when choosing your spouse is the last thing you want to do, it should be the first thing you say to them. I love you. I choose you. And that's an amazing privilege. So saying the grass is greener on the other side really just puts a derogatory spin on marriage, which is something we as singles are looking forward to, at least most of us. Instead, encourage us to enjoy our singleness, not with the tone that implies that you're irritated at being married, but rather a tone that says, enjoy what you have. Enjoy having sole control over the remote. And believe me, I really enjoy that because, I mean, I can watch an episode of Star Trek, then an episode of Scrubs, then an episode of The Great British Bake Off without anyone telling me, well, I don't want to watch that. Like, that's fun. I like it. Um, or not having to worry about having to prepare food for another person. I can eat what sounds good to me. And vice versa. I, I, I'm certain that he feels the same way. So there are definitely things to enjoy about being single. And this is just a very small, silly example. But there are some things to enjoy. So remind us. It's okay to remind us that, hey, I know you want to be married. I know you're excited about living life with someone. But in this season, take steps to look for the joy and the excitement in being single. So while hearing statements that can be perceived as derogatory are not necessarily lies in and of themselves, they can be interpreted 
and internalized to feed a lie that we as singles are currently potentially believing. And that lie is the question in our hearts of, is marriage worth it? Now, I recognize that there are singles out there who have no desire for marriage, and I say, good for you. Go for it. I am not going to sit here and knock that and tell you that you're going to miss out on something because I don't know the portrait of your life that God has for you. But for the rest of us who do long for marriage, when we are around statements that can be perceived as derogatory towards marriage or towards you know, a spouse, it can elicit fear and anxiety. It can bring up the question, am I going to be miserable in marriage? And is marriage really worth it? So married people, we love you. We want to learn from you, take in your wisdom. But you see, it really does matter the things that you say. And I recognize that it's not your job to protect me, to protect my heart. That's my job. I can choose to internalize what I want to from whatever statement you provide me. But when you love someone, when you're a part of their life, partner with them. Help us make life a little easier. And share with us how we can make life easier for you and how we as singles can encourage you. Because singles can do the exact same thing and tell you that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. So it goes both ways. One thing I love about my counselor, I love many things about her, but she always encourages me about marriage. And she'll be honest and tell me that it's hard, you know? But she always says to me, I can't wait for you to experience this because it is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I love waking up to my husband and I love being married. Even the days that are really hard, I still love doing life with him. That just feeds my soul. It just reminds me of the end goal that we're here to do life with others to honor others, to love them, serve them, and love them in a way that Christ loves the church. Love them unconditionally. Love them with a sacrificial love. So I recognize that all of this is not necessarily directly related to healthcare, but it affects a huge portion of us who work in healthcare. And therefore, I think it's worth addressing. So I'm going to stop here this week. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. Typically in podcasting, brevity is your friend. I don't always follow that rule, but I try. Um, So I'll be back next week with part three. And I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope this blessed you in some way. And I encourage you to look for the joy in your day. Not just the happiness, but the joy. 